Hi, I'm Jennifer Matthewson Spear, and you have joined us today for a Word of Joy podcast. Good morning, everyone. It's a Friday morning, and instead of being in a studio or instead of being with a large group of women teaching, I'm just sitting at my kitchen table this morning. We are um, experiencing this coronavirus isolation request, and uh, people are staying put and not going anywhere. And, and so I'm just I'm talking to you from my kitchen table. This is where many times I study, I pray, I read. A lot of my writing is done right here at the kitchen table. And so it's not in a studio. It's not going to be a great recording. Um, you're going to hear pages turn. You may hear things shuffling around. My five-month-old puppy is right by my feet, which he may ruin the whole thing, come to think of it. But uh, we're just going to look at some some verses of Scripture today. It just seems like there is a need for hope. I know you can listen to the to the media for so long that you just begin to feel hopeless, and and you turn it off, and there's this vacuum of 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 noise. There's this just silence, and um and something in our souls just craves hope. And so today I wanted to talk about hope. My husband works in the aviation uh, industry, and and we've learned some things about working with pilots. Pilots are extremely safe people for the most part, and yet there's this daredevil part of them. And two pilots that uh, work with my husband, Greg and Luke, they, they fit that description perfectly. They are incredible pilots, so safe in the air, but there's just this cowboy mentality about both of them. And several years ago, they wanted to go scuba diving. They're both excellent scuba divers. And, and there's kind of a unspoken rule here in Florida that when you go scuba diving, you always leave a man in the boat. and um, But Greg and Luke didn't have a man in the boat to leave. And, and that morning there was a storm warning out. And yet they thought they could get out into the Gulf. They could uh, put out the diving buoy. They could go scuba diving for a while and beat the storm, be back to shore before the storm ever got there. And so my husband warned and said, please don't go. Please just have a third man in the boat if you're going to go. And they said, nah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. And so off they went in Greg's little boat. And they, they went out into the Gulf a couple of miles and they threw out the diving buoy to mark that there were divers underneath and, and away they went. And it was a beautiful, glorious day for scuba diving. They had been underwater for a little while and they noticed that the sunlight was now being clouded over and they motioned each other to surface thinking maybe they might need to get back to shore. But to their horror, when they got to the surface, they realized that the storm was already on top of them and and they were in the midst of it. But then their horror turned to absolute terror because as they turned toward the boat, the boat was nowhere to be seen. That anchor that they had thrown over the side didn't hold, and the boat just drifted away. They feared for their life. Luke recalled later that another boat was coming in trying to beat the storm to shore, and it saw that diving buoy, and it came back to investigate and found those two pilots and all that heavy scuba gear just bobbling in the water. And and Luke said they were rescued by that passing boat. They found that 
their little boat with that dangling anchor just drifting a few miles away. But the anchor didn't hold. The whole problem could be averted if that anchor had simply done its job, if it had held. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, this hope that we have as an anchor for the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast. The hope that we have is unlike that anchor of the pilots. We have a hope that is sure and steadfast. It doesn't lose its grip. And the Bible says it anchors our soul. So as a teacher, when I read that verse, I have a lot of questions. I want to know what is hope and what is a soul and why does my soul need to be anchored and how do I get this hope and can I really ever lose this hope? So we're going to explore some of those questions in this particular podcast and, and probably move on to another one as well and, and maybe have a whole series going here. Who knows? The word hope is found 182 times in the Bible. If you, if you use the uh, New International Version, 142 times in the King James. The first time it is actually used as a word is in Ruth chapter 1, verse 12. And yet hope has been here all along. When God created the world, hope was breathed into existence, and yet hope has existed as long as God has existed, and that's forever. The Greek New Testament word for hope is elpis. As a noun, in secular Greek, it means a desire for something good. Now, biblical writers use Greek language, and and the words that they use in Greek language were also used in the secular culture, in the secular way that people just talked in their homes and in the marketplace. And so the word hope was always used in it, and it meant desiring something good. It meant something like the English version of our word hope, a wishful thought. Oh, I I hope you can come to my house. Oh, I hope he gets well. Oh, I I hope I have enough money in the bank. It's, it's It's a desire for something good. And yet when the biblical writers use the word hope, there is a richer, fuller application and meaning to that word. The biblical definition of hope is a desire for something good and the confident expectation of receiving it based on the word of God and the character of God. In other words, our hope is the anticipation that God will keep his promises, that God will do exactly what he has said he will do because his word, his promises are based on his unfailing, his faithful character. We have hope. Scripture says we have hope. And sometimes, yes, hope is forward-looking. But it is not just about heaven. It is not just about what we will experience as believers after this life is over. Hope is for today. It is for everyday living. But I think before we can understand better hope, we have to understand the hope that is for us and also the hope that is in us. And to understand the hope that we have and the hope that is for us, we first have to understand our hopelessness. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We have missed the mark. We cannot meet God's perfect standard of holiness. That's all of us. And we don't, we don't become sinners when we commit an act of sin. We're just born sinners. 
We're, we are going to sin because it, it's part of our nature and we miss the mark. Romans 6, 23 says, and because of that, because we are sinners, the wages of sin is death. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, is I use this passage a lot because I think it gives us such a great description of our hopeless estate, our hopelessness apart from Christ. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, and you were dead in your trespasses and sin. We are spiritually dead. We are spiritually cut off from God. Not because, not because of, of um, we're all just terrible, bad people, but because we're just born sinners. We're born with this sin nature. We're born in opposition to God. And he says in verse two, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the era, the spirit, which is now working in the sons of disobedience. We were just born on the wrong team. We're, we're born under this dominion of the enemy of God. In verse three, among them we too formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh. Paul's putting himself in the same camp. He's saying, I haven't, I didn't just come into this world as, as something different than you. I'm in the same camp as, as everybody else. We all are dead in our trespasses and say we're all in this hopeless estate. But then in verse four, Paul uses the sweetest words in all of scripture. In verse four, he says, but God God steps into the hopelessness of our situation. That this situation that we're we're cut off from God, we're apart from God. We have no ability to have a relationship with God. But God, he steps in, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. And even when we were dead in our transgressions, even when we had no desire for God, even when we had no ability to have a relationship with God, he made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved why did God do this because he loves us John three sixteen is that familiar verse God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him and that word believes is not just some mental acknowledgement of him it is the one who trusts in him will not perish, will not be cut off from God, but will have everlasting life. And that everlasting life begins right now. It is not just something to look forward to later. It is something to enjoy now. And we can have it because God has paid the price for our sins. He has sent Christ to die for our sins because he loves us. And Romans 5, verse 5 and 6 reminds us that Christ now is our confident hope that we have hope in this life we can anticipate that God will keep his promises that God will do what God has said he will do that hope is for us but not only is hope for us if you're a believer in Christ hope is in us knowing Christ he lives in us he is in us right now first Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in a dead Savior. It's not in a future Savior. It's in a living Savior. And because we know Christ and Christ lives in us, we have a living hope, a daily hope. Ephesians chapter 1 says that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. 
Now let me back up and just explain what all this means. This hope that is in us now, Christ lives in us. And Paul is very careful to tell us in Ephesians chapter 1, when Christ is in us, we have everything made available to us that God has given us in Jesus Christ. And we we have it at the moment of our salvation. I say this often, we got all of Jesus we're ever going to get. We don't get him in increments. We don't get him in little spurts along the way. We got him all at the point of salvation. And now we make, we take a lifetime learning to live in light of all that we have been given. Well, Jennifer, what have we been given? We have been given God's grace to the fullest, his mercy to the fullest, his forgiveness, his peace, his wisdom, his power, his love, his joy. We have been given spiritual gifts. We've been given the gift of prayer. We have been given the gift of the church, the body of Christ. We have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. All of these things are ours in Christ Jesus. And this hope, these these promises, they anchor us. They keep us in place. Paul writes to Timothy in chapter 1, Jesus Christ is our hope. So let's go back to that verse in Hebrews. And this hope anchors our soul. Well, I think soul is one of those words that we use it a lot, but we're not really sure exactly what it means. We sort of mix it up sometimes with the word spirit. I love reading uh, Dallas Willard. He's sort of the modern-day C.S. Lewis. He died in 2013, but he was a brilliant Christian philosophy professor at University of California. wrote so many books. Just just a a deep thinker. I can only read him in a few pages at a time. I have to put it down and and think about it. And he gives us some great insight of what is a soul. We don't just have a soul. We are a soul. The word soul is used 459 times in Scripture. In the New Testament, the Greek word is suke. It means to breathe. And that concept goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. God breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Now, every person is a living soul. Dallas Willard takes all the individual aspects of a human being and he breaks it down and he explains what a soul is. He said, we have a will, our intentions. We have a mind, thoughts, feelings, values, a conscience, our body, our face, our body language, our actions. All of these things are part of every human being. And all of those are integrated into a single life by the soul. You don't just have a soul. You are a soul. It is everything about you integrated into your life. And the soul is only healthy when it is anchored in Christ. When Christ lives in us, he anchors our minds. He anchors our emotions, our values, our conscience. He anchors our actions. He is the anchor. And when we are anchored, when our soul is healthy, everything in the world can be wrong and our soul can be all right. Because Christ is anchoring every aspect of our lives. We, we weren't made to manage our lives on our own, our feelings, our thoughts, our will, our intention, our actions. We weren't made to manage all of that alone. We need Christ to, to, to intervene in every aspect of our lives and to anchor us 
when there's difficult times. And I'm going to tell you, there are some difficult times. I was thinking this morning, not only is this coronavirus going on, but the regular ills of the world don't just stop because one major terrible thing is going on. I had friends this morning who called and, and, and a mother that's sick and another friend who has cancer and a child that passed away and things still go on. It's difficult things. We will have tribulation in this world and so how are we going to be anchored in all of this? We have Christ. And he takes every aspect of our life and he permeates it. And we anticipate that God is going to keep his promises. That if we need peace, he will give peace. If we need wisdom, he will give wisdom. If we need mercy or grace or forgiveness, he's there with it. If we need joy, he has it. God keeps his promises. His promises are made available through Christ. And Christ lives in us. And it is Christ who anchors us. And my soul can be right when everything in the world is wrong. I think one of the most poignant illustrations of that is a man named Horatio Spafford. He lived in the 1800s. He was a, a um, wealthy, um, prosperous um, businessman, a lawyer and a businessman in Chicago. But in the great Chicago fire of 1871, Horatio Spafford lost heavily his holdings in that fire. And at the same time, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. After the fire, there was just so much work to be done. So many people were homeless. They were trying to rebuild the city. And, and Horatio Spafford was just mentally, emotionally, spiritually depleted. In 1873, he decided to take his wife and his four daughters on a trip to Europe. But something happened, and he was going to be detained a little bit. And he, he went ahead and put his wife, Anna, and his four daughters on um, a beautiful French um, luxury liner, and he was going to send them on to Europe, and he would catch up with them as soon as he could. He said goodbye, and he, he, he promised to see them just shortly. But on November 22nd, 1873, that beautiful, luxurious French ocean liner was struck by an iron sailing vessel, and it sank. 226 people died that night. Four of them were the daughters of Horatio Spafford. His wife, Anna, was one of 47 people who survived. They took the survivors to Wales, and when she arrived in Wales, she cabled her husband with two words, saved alone. Horatio Spafford immediately booked a passage to join his wife, and en route to meet her, it was December, it was cold, and the captain of the ship he was on came to him and said, Sir, I believe we are passing over the place where your daughter's ship went down and your daughters died. Horatio Spafford was overcome with grief. He had so much loss in his life, and that night he couldn't sleep, and he went to his cabin, and he, he prayed, and he said, It is well. It is well. God's will will be done. And later he penned the words to that now very famous hymn, It is well with my soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. 
Folks, we need to be able to look a virus, cancer, difficulty, financial ruin, anything that this whole world slings at us, we need to be able to look it in the eyes and say, it is well with my soul. Why? Because we're so strong, we can just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps? Absolutely not. It is well with our soul because our soul is anchored. Our soul is anchored because Christ lives in us. And God will do what God has promised to do. That is our hope. Our hope is not that that this virus goes away and life is going to return to normal and everything is going to be glorious. Our hope is that no matter what today holds, no matter what tomorrow holds, Christ is there. He is anchoring us. He is doing what he says he will do. That's our hope. That's our hope in Christ. Hope is not wishful thinking. It's not positive thinking. It's not coming up with a great idea or a great plan and then praying real hard and hoping God comes through with it. It's not based on our feelings. It's not an emotion. It's not our perception of what could be or what should be. Hope is Christ, and Christ lives within us. And so we can anticipate with great joy that God will do what God has promised to do. Live in your hope. Even when it seems like things are falling apart, even if your world is quiet right now and it creates this sense of uncertainty, let your soul be anchored in the fact that Christ lives in you and he will do what he has promised to do. Thanks for joining me today at a Word of Joy podcast from the kitchen table. And uh, if you want to read more about hope, I do have a book. Most of this has come from that book. It's called Women of Hope. You can get it from the Word of Joy website, wordofjoy.org. You can go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble website and also get it there. But I, I am praying that you will sense the peace of God And that you will know without a shadow of doubt the hope of God. And that you can say with me, it is well, it is well with my soul. Thanks for joining me.